Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode uh, of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. This is episode 125. Crazy, isn't it? Yep. And we are winding down 2016. So today we're going to talk about growing your audience and keeping the faith. And I promise I won't be preachy. Well, I don't, actually. I don't know if I can promise that in today's episode. But I will warn you, I'm kind of sleepy. And then, of course, I jump in with the on right off the bat. That was pretty awesome. Maybe I should stand up. Um, It's kind of late in my day. <laughs> it's been a long week. But this is, uh, this is really interesting, you guys. So we're just going to go ahead and jump in. It's just, I was going to sing, just you and I. Um, but I won't do that to you. Although I, I guess I just did. Okay, so... You know, the whole growing your audience and keeping the faith go hand in hand, because while you're growing your audience, uh, you need to keep the faith, because there's a lot of work that goes into that. And, you know, I started working on this post, this episode, probably two weeks ago, simply because it was um, timely for me. And, you know, there's there's a lot of change and transition going on in my business, which I will share with you guys. And there... I've always found value in the sharing, and hopefully you guys will too. And if you are in this place or have been, it'll it'll resonate with you. And if you haven't, then well, good on you. <laughs> but this is sort of one of those times when just when you think you've got a grasp on something, a little bit of dose, you know, a, do- a little dose of reality will come in. And you know, in this case, it's a good thing. I have been um, a couple weeks back. I did an episode on winding the year down, and with Christmas coming up, we're only a couple weeks away from Christmas. Which, what the heck? When did that happen? Um, I'm really starting to wrap my head around what I want 2017 to look like, and I'm sure you guys have seen this. I will be doing a year in review uh, post, and um, so I'll be doing that. Um, probably the last week in December, I'm thinking. Um, yeah, or, or maybe Christmas week. I don't know. But either way, um, when in terms of publishing, that'll, that'll be coming out pretty quickly. And I'm going to look at a lot. It's, it's 2016 has been a sort of rough year for me. Um, just it's, it's weird. You know, 2015, I did all kinds of travel and, you know, I was in the mastermind still and I did all these things and it kind of wore me out. And I've talked about this on the show too. But 2016, I made a lot of big personal decisions, and it's fascinating where things have ended up in in a good way. Um, but you know, but I wanted to share some of the things that I'm doing as I wind down the year uh, to prepare for next year. And I promise we are going to jump into growing your audience and keeping the faith. Um, and and when I talk about preparing for next year, I. We're going to go beyond, you know, <laughs> sitting down with colored pens, which I love, and colored pencils. Um, you know, your planner of choice and, you know, coming up with those those big ideas and the big, hairy, audacious goals. And I love those two, you guys. I really do. Um, but I have seen more change 
in my business and a whole bunch of things. I've just, I've seen more change from the small consistent action. And so I think there's a way that we can pair those together, right? So I've been talking about going back to basic basics and mastering the fundamentals. Um, I wonder if there's an acronym mastering. I don't know. That would get a little bit crazy. You know, I've, I've talked about that a lot, probably more than you guys have wanted to hear. But the two areas that I focused on have been copy and email marketing. And I'm, I, I, I guess when I say, you know, focused on it and studied it, it's like I read it, meaning I'm reading, whether it's books or you know, I've talked about Ben Settle. I've got to have him on the show, Ben Settle and email marketing. But I, I've shifted my perception on marketing material in general. I've shifted my perception on emails, right? So it's funny, like with take the email marketing where people do newsletters, right? I am almost turned off now by sort of that old school marketing style newsletter that it's got the header and the issue number and a blurb, blurb, blurb. And then you've got testimonials and work with me. It's just, it feels... um it just feels dated. I guess that's probably the best way that I can I can explain it. And I really like I like like weekend, the end of the week, not the weekend, but the end of the week sort of roundups where like here's what's happened. I, I was thinking about doing that like a digest or something on a Sunday. But I like emails that I feel like someone's talking to me, and so I've sh- shifted that. But before I started doing that, you guys, I studied it and. Ben, Ryan Lee does this now also, but Ben Settle, you know, where I, I started paying attention to the emails that resonated with me. And this, this is going to tie in like 12 ways sideways. <laughs> and I'm going to warn you that this might be a little bit of my circular Kim speak. So just bear with me. Um, but if you start looking at what's happening in the marketplace or what's happening with, you know, whether it's competitors, I know some people do and don't like that word. Let's just use it for the sake of cutting to the point, cutting to the chase tonight. But look at your competitors, look at people you subscribe to, look at what they do, how they do it, and what resonates with you. And it's funny, because you'll see things like, um, like take a product launch, as an example. Um, And so product launches, I I don't think launching things are ever going to go away. But that sort of Jeff Walker style product launch if you have been in the industry for a while, may not appeal to you anymore. And I'm not saying they don't work, you guys. Hear my heart. Like, I don't have data (laughs) on it not working. Um, And a lot of people do that. But I do think that there needs to be, I I think that there's a different element to the storytelling piece of a launch that's happening. So as an example, so, so when it comes to things that, you know, resonate with you, just pay attention and start pulling that into the way you do things and and what you choose to study. And again, you guys, I'm not sitting down, you know, I don't go to the library, (laughs) I'm not sitting in my room with, you know, studying for hours, but I pick up a book on copy, I read Ben's email players newsletter religiously, I go back to it. Um, But the copy piece of it. So I've kind of explained the whole email piece. But the copy piece, I have, I can't say that I've gotten into copy deeply by any means, um, and, and not specifically in terms of sales letters. I'm, I'm sitting here. I hope that this is not sounding weird. I was spitting in my chair. I just realized it. <laughs> um, but not in terms of like a sales page, right? Or promotional copy necessarily. I simply started with headlines. And the whole journey with copy 
I used to hate writing, you guys. Like, not, not, not content, I should say. I've never hated. I've always liked content. But I had made this decision somewhere along the line that I wasn't going to copy. And so I'd always defer, right? And, or I felt like I was, I didn't want to be smarmy or I was too, I was so hung up in my head about how it sounded. And so I started by this, by doing the same thing as I did with emails. I started paying attention to copy. And it all began when I worked with Jason Hornung's Facebook agency, uh, advertising agency at the beginning of 2016. God, it was literally almost a year ago when I hired him. It's right at the tail end of last year. Um, you know, in, in talking to Jason, and I'll link to his interview, um, I had him on the podcast. And somebody had asked me recently on that post, they're like, did you ever do a follow-up post? And I was like, no, I did not, but I should pull the data um, and and share that. So, you know, I'm not going to go into massive detail in the experience um, of working with him, but I can tell you that I got this bonus education outside of Facebook advertising and working with Jason because one, I loved the way he ran his business, um, the way they had set it up and structured it. And at the time, what I was working with him for was this sort of done for you podcasting service. And so it was, it was a service, very high touch, um, high ticket service based business. And it's not necessarily <laughs> fast forward a year later. And I would rather teach podcasting versus doing the done for you. But the point, so I, I got this bonus education, one on how he ran his business, but two, I was so impressed with his understanding of ad copy persuasion, the psychology of copy and what drives people. You know, it's like when he got interested in Facebook ads, he he just jumped in with both feet. He studied copy, advertising and direct response marketing. And, and we're talking guys, you know, books that have been around for like 30 plus years. So he created this really solid foundation for building his own ad agency. Now, you know, the next step is because I know, uh, a friend of mine actually works with him now. And, and there's, there's always one of those, the goal is to find somebody who can write copy and and do the ad stuff as well as Jason does, right? So that's a process then that's his next and growing his agency. He's got a lot of people that work with him. So, but beside that, it was, you know, before working with him, it was like, I had zero desire to do any type of copy, you guys, and I, or or just, or even attempt to get decent at it. (laughs) Let's be honest. But when I heard a story and I observed what he did to master his craft, it was like all of a sudden I had a different respect for the art of copy. And so I started studying and practicing. And, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be super, well, I'm always super honest with you guys, I think. But I tend to be somebody who either baby steps my way into things or I friggin' leap like a lunatic, right? <laughs> like it, it's just like I jump off backwards with both feet, like, cannonball, right? And in this case, <laughs> I think as I've gotten older, I've done a lot less lunatic leaping. But that should be a hashtag lunatic leaping. But in this case, it was I really baby stepped my way into it. And I would say I'm kind of working my way up to a slow jog. So what I've done, and 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 I'll t- tell you what I've done, but I'm a little side note here. This is the Kim circular speak. But I was having a conversation with Gordon Orlick of Web Factory. And I'm going to give you guys a little tease at the end of this episode about a project I'm working on with him. But we were talking about products because we're we're doing a web app and talking about different products and and things. And you see people that instead of focusing on like a minimum viable product and and doing iterations and growing and growing, and it's like 
they hit the market, you know, just they slam it and then stuff doesn't work. And they wonder why, because it was like the enthusiasm, the energy, they thought they'd planned well, but you have to be willing to put something out and test it and measure it and tweak it and test it and measure it and tweak it. And that's not sexy (laughs) until it starts working. Um, So the first thing I did when it came to copy was I started paying attention to what headlines I liked what headlines drew me in to want to read an article. And I've mentioned Medium before, uh, and, and I, I can't recommend it enough. I think there's a ton of great content on there. I love actually writing on Medium, which by the way, I'm going to give you guys two little random tips here. There are two tools. I love the... Um, the editor in Medium. It is such a super clean, easy, you're just, it's literally just writing. So I found a an app for the Mac called Refly that works just like Medium almost. Well, pretty close. Um, and then today, this is funny, I found one called, and I'll link to these in the show notes, called bold.io. And that's just B-O-L-D.io. Same thing. It's just like this completely white page that you can write on. So just a little side note for you there. Um, where was I going with that? Headlines, writing. Okay, medium. <laughs> Reel it back. So I just started paying attention to what headlines spoke to me. You know, what did I like about them, about, about them? What did, what kind of, what was the piece of content that drew me in to want to read more or learn more? And then I would write my post title and I would head over to the co-schedule headline analyzer, which is probably something else I've talked about way more than you wanted to hear. But I would start with my first headline. And so then I would be like, okay, all right. And there's another, there's a book called Words That Sell. Get the physical book if you want, but um, it's great. There'll be a list of emotion words, a list of excitement. And, you know, so you can then go through and replace adjectives and whatnot. But so co-schedule, <laughs> I think it's just the, 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 the competitive child in me is like, well, I want to get a better score. I want to get a better score. I want to get a better score. And so I started doing that, right? And so I would come up with, say, five or six headlines. And sometimes I'd stick with something clear and not very exciting for SEO purposes, right? So um, I don't have a post in front of me <laughs> that I can, I should have had that as an example. But there is a difference between clear and clever. And and I've got some more keyword stuff that I want to talk to you guys about, but I'm going to wait till we get to that part of the post. Um, but so when you're writing your headlines, just test it and, and sit there. I mean, you could probably come up with, you know, 10 headlines in minutes just to test it and just take it out. So you put it into the co-schedule headline analyzer, which is free, by the way. There's a web version versus being built into the app. Um, but so that's what I started doing. And as soon as I saw the headlines that got better scores, I really started looking at, oh, okay, well, I started I started thinking differently when I would come up with a headline, right? I would start thinking in terms of, is there an emotional word here? Is there, um, is there a unique word? Are these too common? Is this too boring? Whatever it is. And again, sometimes be clear instead of spending hours on that, right? Um, but once I'd settled on the headline, I'd write the post, which believe it or not, I spend way more time editing <laughs> than I used to. I used to just write my post and be good. Now it's like, I write it. I preview it, I edit it, I format it, I come back to it. And 
I've, I've sort of fallen in love with this process because it's, I feel like I go into just my own little space, right? And when I'm writing, I feel like I'm writing to you guys, like I'm talking to my audience. And so the next step after the post is written, um, and you've got your headline is to take a couple of the headlines that you've written. And I use the Thrive Headline Optimizer. I know these words are getting wordy, all the links from the post. So all the headline optimizer does is you write your headline in and you click the little plus button and you drop another headline in and you click a plus button and you drop another headline in. You can split test five, you could split test two, you need at least two. And that's it. And you publish your post. And then the cool thing is that Thrive will automatically show split test the headline for you. So when people come to the site, and so you can see which post, which headline was more engaging or whatnot. The crazy thing is that I have yet to have my original headline win one of those tests. Isn't that crazy? So it just goes to show you. And so if you can increase the conversion or the engagement, and ideally, you've got some lead magnets, you've got a content upgrade, whatever, that's probably a whole other episode. Um, But but in terms of testing this, you guys, I've been doing this for a year. And it hasn't stopped my business. It hasn't slowed me down. It hasn't gotten in the way. I just approached things differently. And I can guarantee you that five years ago, I was not spending this much time on headlines or content. And not because I didn't care, but because I really didn't know better. And like, I kind of had this, well, I'm an okay writer. It's all right, you know, and but it makes a big difference. Okay, that was sort of a long, what, where are we at on time? That was kind of a long ranty intro. <laughs> Believe it or not, that was kind of an intro. Um, but which brings me to growing your audience. So I recently did a survey with my email subscribers. And again, if you're not on my list, get on, please. Um, this is what people most wanted to learn from me. One of the questions I just used SurveyMonkey, and I think next time I'll, I'll do Google so I can just export the data either because I didn't pay for SurveyMonkey. Um, but I was not floored, but there's the majority of my audience has some sort of business sort of around WordPress, whether they do websites or design or client maintenance or content or something. It's all kind of you know, about WordPress. And again, that's not the whole audience, but I would say it was close to 70%, which was interesting because I did a survey a couple years ago and it wasn't. Um, But one of the questions that I asked people was, if I were to teach a class, which topic would be most interesting to you? And it totally surprised me. But the the four options, uh, I should have opened the survey before, but it's growing your audience, lead generation, Content that converts and podcasting. Growing your audience was number one. Podcasting was last, which the funny thing is, how do you think I have grown my audience? <laughs> For me, that that's one of the, the key factors in growing my audience has been this podcast. But there's multiple ways to do that, right? Um, now, the other topic that, that I couldn't get that sentence out to save my life. The other topic that people were most interested in, needed most help with, and struggled was lead generation, which I'm going to just give you another tease that that's something, that's the web app that Gordon and I are working on. It's around lead generation. And it's because I wanted the pro- I wanted the solution and for the life of me couldn't find the solution to what I wanted. So, and I know, and it was because a friend brought it to me because she saw it and I was like, and then we figured out it was custom. Okay. 
Kim, Kim's side speak there. Um, here's the thing. <clears throat> All of these things go hand in hand, and it can be a little bit overwhelming. So this morning I had a uh, coaching call with uh, with a client of mine, and we're, we're just doing like a, a four-session call. And I'm going to totally pimp myself out here, but I am going to start doing coaching again after the first of the year, guys. And I'm open to whatever that looks like. Like, I just, I I don't believe in, I'm all for packages if they work, if it's a if it's a one-size-fits-all. But to me, coaching does not. It could be a deep dive 90-minute session we do together. It could be for a few months, whatever. But anyways, look for that because it's coming. Anyway, so I was talking to my coaching client, and he has all the technical skills and recently um, left his job. He's in the UK and is kind of building up his WordPress business. So he does sites and, but really, he's kind of like, well, where do I start? (laughs) Meaning, you know, when you come, when you start thinking about this, the space of online marketing, there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle, right? And so he said, you know, what I did, what we did today was, you know, he wants to generate some recurring revenue, get the cash flow coming in while he's building up bigger projects or whatnot. And depend, you have to find, there's a lot of things that you can look for to do this. But ideally, you guys, I am a huge proponent of recurring revenue. And so it's what can you do that provides the most value for the least amount of time on your part? And that's not to say that you're going to slack, but it, it solves a problem for somebody else, right? And so in his case, I'm like, look, if you found eight clients at 250 bucks a month that you did maintenance support backups security speed test for you can find eight people that will do that right but the thing is that's this tiny piece of the puzzle right so because there are things that you can do cash flow is key and i i get that frustration and challenge when it's like well if you don't have the money then you're then your mindset's not in the right space, right? If, if you're struggling or financially feeling squeezed, it's really hard to get excited about creating content. So you you have to then go into this space of all these marathon strategies, content, engaging, connecting, all of that stuff. You have to create from the mindset of the person who has recurring revenue. Okay, I know we're getting a little woo-woo, but just stick with me. So he asked me for a checklist, he said, could you just do a checklist? And I don't know if anybody else would be interested in this. might be something worth doing and diving deeper. But he said, you know, we talked about a lot of puzzle pieces, essentially, today, right, that goes into running a business. And if you guys haven't downloaded the one-page marketing plan, I should probably send that out to my subscribers again, just to make sure you guys have it. But there's 10 things. And um, I should, I think I can open that. And I'm going to just bullet point them really quick. And John and I are kind of going through these on Hustle Free 2, um, which we're still tweaking the formatting in that one. Um, but there's really 10 things. And it, it's they're basic because and you want to think that a lot of these strategies and tactics and, you know, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, you know, live streaming, all of those are tactics. But they're fundamental strategies that if you nail those, everything else comes into play. Okay, so I'm opening that. So the the 10 things, <clears throat> again, this is uh, the lead magnet that I have on the site. And it's funny because I, you know, somebody had asked me to when it comes to lead magnets. And I know I am all over the place right now, um, which one converted. So I've had um, the, the lead generation one that I had recent, prior to this, right, on growing leads with your WordPress site. I forget the exact title of it off the top of my head. Um, prior to that, I had the top 10 tools I used to profit with WordPress, which did pretty well. 
I've had the three biggest mistakes you're making with your WordPress site. And someone said, well, which one's done best? And it's very hard. It's not a level playing field, right? My audience keeps growing. And so, and, and now I'm producing more content and I'm promoting myself more. So it's really hard to say. But what I will tell you is my opt-ins are going up significantly, significantly since I put the new theme on my site. And on the homepage, there's the above the fold opt-in, right? There's one down like middle of the page. And then on every internal page and post at the top is my opt-in. Download your one page, your one page WordPress marketing plan, right? And that's it. But you got my leads have gone up. You guys, I don't have an exit pop on. I haven't jumped into getting back into content upgrades, which I have some on the site. But there's, there's not a lot of craziness. It's just a very clear call to action. Okay, so these are the 10 things. And this is, I'm going to hands down, these are the pieces of the puzzle. And this ties into the checklist. So the first thing is, and I'm sorry, if, have I done this on the show? God, I hope not. Um, obviously, you need a WordPress.org site. You need great content. You need SEO and traffic. Number four is a lead magnet and a way to collect leads. Number five is email marketing. Number six is landing page pages. Number seven is you need a lead generation plan. Uh, number eight is you need something to sell. Number nine is you need a way to sell it, shopping cart. And number 10 is social media promotion, right? And it doesn't it's not just social media, but let's tie the promotion piece in, right? Those are the fundamentals that are going to run across, run the board, tie through whatever you want to say. <laughs> that was really goofy. Um, every business online, every online business needs these pieces, unless you have deep pockets for paid traffic. But so I said, okay, so I can break these down. Because a lot of these things, I'm going to tell you, SEO and traffic takes time. Great content takes time. You know, a lead magnet and a way to collect leads, you can get those up tomorrow. You really can. I think people overthink this. But it's it's taking the time to set these up and consistently be working them when you're when all you hear are crickets, right? So, you know, there is no magic answer to accomplishing the goals for the online business. It's it's sort of one of those um how do I want to phrase this? It's sort of like a bummer, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, like the the promise of the riches online. It is by far the best thing I've ever done. It is the, there is the most opportunity, I think. I really believe in the opportunity. But it doesn't just happen because you get a website up and an offer out, right? So the only way you're going to get closer to what you want is through the doing. I've said that so many times, you guys. I've, I've talked to people who question and they're analyzing, well, what should I do for my lead magnet? And, and well, what about the content? And I don't know what content to write or, and, and in the meantime, they haven't stepped back to take the time to write who is your audience? Who are you talking to? You know, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to be doing? What type of product service do you even want to sell? And is so, you know, what I'm saying it's like, you have to take the time to do that. And I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit with my uh, YouTube strategy that I'm embarking on. And I'll tell you that the YouTube strategy is not new, it's nothing exciting. But it's just that I'm actually putting a strategy into putting my videos on YouTube. Um, and I'm not saying you should blindly go about building a business. But at some point, after you've done the initial planning, you have to show up and see what works, right? So you have to take the time 
to write the post. Then you have to share it. You, you, you know, take the time to create the product. Start small, you guys. Like, there's, there's a lot about online education right now. You know, I love Troy Dean to pieces. He's got his rock star launches that I'm going through. Um, and I'm going to create content around it. It's just that I was going to originally do a podcast course, and now I don't know about that based on my survey. Um, but it's not going anywhere. You know, um, was it probably two months ago where I started talking about all the different platforms. You've got Teachree, Teachable, Thinkific, um, Kajabi, <laughs> which is what I have. Um, there's a new one, Coach. And I don't, I don't know if it's Coach, IO. But there's all these new platforms. Online education is not going anywhere, right? And there is nothing beats that notification of payment when you're doing something else. But at some point, you just have to freaking create the product and put it out there. Yes, you need an audience. But what if you have a list of 100 people and two buy? Well, you know, that's a 2% conversion. And pay attention, get them, get them in for feedback, do a free beta version of your product of your course of whatever it is. Say, look, I'm looking for 10 people, five people, whatever it is. If you don't feel like, Oh, I'm not quite ready to sell this, but you have to show up and do it. You guys create the products, record the podcast, do the live stream, sell to your audience, ask for support. You have to promote and market the bucket out of your business. I'm telling you, this was my biggest down. I would write a post and maybe I'd remember to share it. This was like five years ago. When I was getting started, I just, I was waffly, right? I waffled on imposter syndrome and it was, oh, I've got client work or I've got this to do. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And I think back to, I don't want to say regrets, but, you know, I just, I, I'm not playing at my business. So as soon as you start taking your business seriously, and I'm not saying you guys are, that, that came out wrong. Um, but I equated the work that I was doing that will, the work that was bringing the money and the work that was paying the bills always got the priority. It always did. And so then you get stuck. And I'll talk about this when I start talking about the transition piece. But after you do those things, again, whether it's writing, sharing, creating, recording, live streaming, selling, whatever it is, then take a step back and measure what worked, right? Like, okay, so let, let, let's say you offer something to your audience. How many times did you email them? You know, did you remind them that the cart was closing? Did you do more than one webinar? Did you ask anybody else to email for you? How many times did you put it on social media? You know, pay attention. And what I'll tell you None of it's right or wrong, you guys. And to a certain extent, whether it's a successful product launch course, whatever, you know, offering doesn't matter. You're going to, you have to pay for data one way or the other. So you can pay for data through ads, right? That's one thing Jason taught me initially. You know, we don't know exactly. There is the best practices that you can set and play like, well, this is who my target audience is. So then I create the custom audience on Facebook. I'm going to, I'm going to, set up my targeting. You know, I want to, I want to target people like Pat Flynn or this or that, right? So, so you do all those things, but then you got to let the ads run and you got to see, okay. And what are they costing? Can I change an image? Can I change a headline? So initially you have to pay for data till you get the winning combination. So the same thing is going to happen here with your business. You have to pay for data. And I don't mean in terms of paid traffic. If you can, I think it's great, but the initial data is your time. So which we'll get into in terms of keeping the faith because it, <laughs> it all comes full circle. 
if I didn't feel a little bit stuffy, I was going to sing Circle of Life, but <laughs> we won't do that. All right. I'm punchy tonight, you guys. I'm sorry. And you know what? I have another show to record after this. It's going to be funny. Um, so what you have to keep in mind is it is totally possible that nothing goes the way you want it to. And it really is. I, I mean, how many times has that happened? But at the end of the day, you now have something to measure things by, right? You now have, it's it's kind of like with health and dieting. It's like, well, you don't know how much weight you've lost unless you step on the scale to begin with. Not that that's pleasant, but you know what I'm saying? It's like you have to have that starting point to measure. So in in a recent email to my list, I was talking about my new YouTube strategy. And again, I, I, I really feel like um, an 85-year-old woman who just has totally lost my train of thought 12 times a day. So my point is to apologize if I've talked to you about this, that I got all, um, I, I got all excited about live streaming and I'm like, you know what? Let's start doing this. Let's, let's get in front of it. This ties into my YouTube strategy. Cause then I thought, well, <clears throat> I've got a YouTube channel. I've got almost, I'm not a YouTuber, you guys, but it's almost 200,000 views and like 1500 subscribers or something, right? Not bad for WordPress tutorials that I haven't really stuck with consistently or ever had a strategy with. So I thought, why look at the traffic that I'm getting? Look, you're missing the opportunity here. This channel needs to be working for you. So that's a lot of my strategy, you guys. It's what is it that I'm doing? What is it that I'm already creating? And how can I optimize it now, right? It's kind of like going back to an old post and saying, how can I optimize this content? So I found this, I don't know where it came from. It was probably a Facebook ad, but I found this guy and he was doing, what was, it was, he had a YouTube product. So I'm watching the launch and I was like, wow, that was a really good launch video because he told his story a little bit. Then he got in front of the whiteboard and he literally gave like tangible training in the video. So I thought this is pretty awesome. And so I then emailed my list and I said, just follow his launch sequence, whether you're interested, just watch what he's doing, watch how he's telling the story, blah, blah, blah. So the second video is pretty good too. And then halfway, there were four videos in the launch sequence. Then after, it was the day after, I think I sent the first email to my list. um, I watch his webinar and I was like, okay, wait a minute, there's a massive disconnect here. I thought it was all supposed to be about optimizing YouTube, right? And when when I talk about optimizing YouTube, you guys, there's there's two tools that I'm using. One is called TubeBuddy. And I'm hoping to have them on the show, and we'll get more into that. But T-U-B-E-B-U-D-D-Y. So TubeBuddy. And it does all this data analysis and stuff, but it's also got this great checklist. Like, are you doing each of these things when you upload your video? Like your keywords, your keywords in your tags, or your keywords in your description. Um, think about adding these, and then they, you can analyze stuff and pull it up. It's it's work, you guys. All the stuff is work. I'm just going <laughs> to preface it. But so I watched this guy's webinar, and I was like, what the hell? His whole thing was basically showing newbie internet marketers, people who want an online business, how to find ClickBank products, sell them as an affiliate on YouTube under random channels. Like, it's not a brand or a business, right? Meaning you're not going to do it under your own brand or business. And how to make 
how to make money online doing these quick little YouTube videos. I was like, oh, damn it. The only good thing that came out of it was that I was texting a friend who was also on the webinar, who's now helping me with my YouTube strategy. And we were playing with, you know, the iOS. Um, that was all these fun little things you can do with text now, you know, slam it, put confetti in balloons. So we were just being stupid. But of course, I had to spend the entire hour to get to the price point. I think it was four ninety seven. But I was like, there was such a disconnect from his initial message. Initial message. God, sorry, I'm talking over my can't talk tonight. And what he presented. I was like, epic fail, dude. So then I had to email my list and say, I want my 90 minutes back as was my subject line because I just spent 90 minutes on this webinar and it was BS. Which brings me to my YouTube strategy because I thought, you know what, I've got an audience on all these different platforms and I can't maximize Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and I can't do it all at one time. But I know video is not going anywhere either. And with YouTube, I can, you know, put subscribe links in, I can do cards, I can do, you know, you know, follow me here, go to my website, whatever. There's a lot of optimizing that I can do with the content that is already there, and then create a solid content strategy with YouTube moving forward. So I'm going to tell you, so the friend that was on, uh, on, I was texting with, I was like, look, I've got a brilliant idea, if I do say so myself. Clearly I do. So, meaning say so myself. I told him, I said, look, you know all this stuff, because he's my go-to kind of secret weapon. I'm like, how about we do a weekly call? You tell me what I have to do. I do it. We document it. I'll become the case study. And then we've got a course, right? And, And again, using YouTube to grow a business or using YouTube as a complement to a new business. It's a content strategy. This is not from the place of you're going to be a YouTuber and make, you know, $400,000 by doing sponsored videos or something. I mean, I can make money with it through ads too. But the point is, so I said, let's do this. Do you guys want to hear my homework for the first week? So first, and we came up with... I don't know, three and a half pages of a Google Doc because we're documenting the process and recording it. So I have to come up with 100 videos, <laughs> ideas for videos, right? I have to come up with 100 ideas, then pick the top 10 that I'm most interested in doing, go to YouTube for each of those to see what the top ranking videos are, then go to Google to look, to search it and see what keywords are coming up with that. Then take the keywords that are coming up and go back to YouTube. This is going to take time. It's going to take work. And so this is where if you're willing to do the due diligence, like nobody wants to do the research or or taking the time to put pen to paper. I know it sounds so old school. It helps my brain remember things. Um, but taking the time to really write down what this, you know, take the time to do the exercises behind. It's not just about the stuff that the world can see, right? And so it's going to be a lot of work. Fortunately, I enjoyed doing it all. And I have a totally different understanding. And the reason I got all goofy about YouTube, because certainly it's not new. But I was like, wait a minute, second biggest search engine, right? And I know Facebook is too, but nobody is on Facebook looking for solutions to problems. Nobody's on Facebook looking for, how do I do this? How do I write? How to whatever? And then when I was floored too, because I'm thinking, you know, I I talk about Thrive or say Beaver Builder, people aren't necessarily searching for how to build a landing page to Thrive, but they are searching 
for how to build a landing page with WordPress. And then I can sell them Thrive. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like these duh light bulb moments that happen and all of a sudden it starts getting exciting because you can see the opportunity. Um, but this is one simple little element to all of these pieces that have to fit together and it can sound overwhelming. And so this is where it comes to play and you have to say, what do I have the bandwidth to do? What do I enjoy doing most? And find where you get the best return for your time, right? For me, the podcast is probably pretty clear that this is this has been the best thing that I've ever done my business, done my business, done for my business. Um, and I'm sorry, I got this app. What's it called? Spark? Yeah. And I needed to shut it off because it makes these cute little alert sounds when emails come in. Um, but I'm seriously thinking of doing a class or a course on growing your audience. I just need to kind of, uh, I need to wrap my head around the best way to make it interactive because that is how you grow your audience. You have to connect and engage with people. You have to reach out. You have to support other people, provide value, solve problems. You know, when I think about the podcast and again, you guys, it doesn't have to be a podcast, but you pick that right platform where basically I'm, when I have other people on the show, it's like, look, let me talk about you, share your stuff. Here's my platform where I can share you with my audience, period. It's a total value add, right? It's it's a give to them. And you guys, when I started the podcast, I just wanted to have more fun. <laughs> that, was, that was it. I was like, that's it. I got to be me. <laughs> I was going to start singing again. Um, I, I just needed to do something that was in alignment with how I moved through the world. Okay, so I'm really starting to rant. I'm sorry. I don't know if these evening podcasts... And I swear, you guys, I actually do have a post written with a with an outline. But let's talk about keeping the faith. And it's not going to be a religious <laughs> preachy moment. Um, bear with me on this topic, though, because this is where the circular Kim speak might come into play. But I promise to come back to the main point. So this has been... Challenge. I've been through this so many times, you guys, in my business. But the keeping the faith that I'm talking about is it's the not giving up on yourself when you feel like you've done everything right and you still haven't got there. You know, when you think, I don't know how to work harder, right? I don't know how much more. I can do. I don't know, you know, and it's, it's that frustration. And I've had a lot of times and I still do where I have doubted myself and I, you wonder, what am I not doing that other people are doing? Right. And you, and you question, okay, is, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And you guys, I'm going on year nine and that doubt still comes up way less than it did. Um, but it will peek in every now and then. And I'm, I'm going to simplify one thing. <laughs> and I'll tell you that more than anything else, it's not selling. And that sounds so ridiculous. But you have to ask yourself how many times because I do all the time. And it's oh, I'm, I'm restructuring. And, and this is the case. But I told you guys I was going to start coaching again after the holidays, right? That was a blatant sales pitch. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I guess as pitchy as I can be because I that's just not high roll. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, th th that's it. This is my business. This is who I am, what I do, how I can help you. I am working on the coaching page, changing it, 
But guess what? Me putting it out there. Now there's this public accountability. It's like, you need to start offering that. And then it's not a matter of having the page on the site and then mentioning it in a podcast here or there. It's like, no, you email, you promote, you you do ads, you you test social messaging, you you live stream about working with people, whatever it is. But you have to put it out there consistently. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> it sounds, I swear, I do amuse myself. When I think back to like, I would promote something, it's like, well, how many people actually saw that post? Like if you use, you know, social media, how many people did that actually get in front of, right? When you think about, I don't, I don't think I've got almost 20,000 followers on Twitter. I'm not, I, I use Twitter, you guys, to share. I'm not on Twitter often, but I probably should be, but that's another conversation too. The whole thing is though, it's like, do you honestly think that all 20,000 of those people see every tweet, you're not going to, you know, be spamming if you're providing value in between and having conversations and connecting. So, but you have to make sure to, to sell something. You know, there are plenty of times when I thought about getting a job. Uh, fortunately, it never gets past the thinking phase. Um, but I honestly think a part of my soul would die if I did that. And that is about as dramatic as I'm going to get tonight. But I'm going to tell you that it would crush me. Like my heart would hurt if I did that because I feel that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm not just talking about, you know, having to put up with barrier traffic because it's a nightmare. Um, but because I love online marketing, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing using my voice. I know that's part of my purpose on the planet in this lifetime. You know, so what do you do? How do you keep the faith when you hit the wall? You double down all or nothing, you know, the truth is, I don't know for you what that is. Only you can answer it. You know, what I do, the first thing I do more than anything after I, <laughs> I'm just amused at myself. I have a tendency to get pretty dramatic pretty quickly, but I, I kind of need to take a break, right? I step away and I'm learning to have compassion for myself when I, I just feel like things are not going well or, or I can't put in more time than I'm already putting in or whatever. Cause this is where the F the hustle comes from, you guys. But so, so simple things, right? Whether meditate and, and here's the funny thing. When I get pissy, cause I can get pretty pissy, then I'm like, I don't want to meditate. Shit doesn't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which it totally does. But it's like I punish myself when I'm feeling crappy. And it, it's, so you can see that eventually I, I, I find the humor and the spin in my head. Um, I love taking a bath. I I reach out more often than not, though, and I will reach out to my mentor slash therapist, to dear friends who have the same type of, same type of thought process as me. And I don't mean that we have the same beliefs necessarily, but I am a pretty spiritual person and I and I have to trust in, in you know, our energy and all that good stuff. So, that's what I'm talking about. I want to get guidance and support from people that I know can hold it in the way I need it held. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, you know, maybe I, you know, just take a nap, get off the friggin' computer, get a massage, remind myself of what I have accomplished. Um, and then when I'm out of the funk and ready to get back to life, and, and I'll tell you what, there have been plenty of times in the last few months where I'm like, can I just go to sleep and wake up in January? <laughs> That, that's it. I just, you know, where you just 
are kind of done. And I'm kind of a holiday geek. I love the holidays. But I have those moments where I just want to run off to a cabin in the mountains and just hide out for a little bit. We all do. It's just what we do when we're in that space where I used to really beat myself up in that space. And now it's it's tricky, but I am able to have more compassion for myself in that space. So eventually I kind of got out of the funk. And you guys, this was literally this happened today. I was just like, I've, I've got to get off the computer. I kind of went and laid in my bed. I snuggled with the dog and I just checked out for a little bit and then I felt better. And so then I, there's one of two things I'm going to do. I always <clears throat> feel better, <coughs> excuse me, by doing, right? If I, whether it's, well, I'm not going to wash the car, it's raining, but it's physically doing something to, right, the endorphins, get the energy going, whatever. But I'll I'll pick something that I enjoy doing with my business. If I need to get back into that right space, I'll pick something. Maybe it's playing with a new tool. It's writing a post. It's looking for graphics. It's reading something on Medium. But I find something that can kind of, I don't say hook me back in. I'm totally using my fingers, but, you know, like, pull me back in to remind me why I love what I do. Or the other thing I do um, is I'll dive into tasks that need to be done, but don't require the creativity. So it kind of depends on the space I'm in, that if I need to get stuff done, then it's like, all right, I do my to-do list and I just I just go through it. I put on my Bose headset, I put on music, um, or I use Hipster Sound, my ambient noise web app of choice, and I'll layer like a fireplace and rain or whatever. Um, during the summer, it's like, I'll, I'll put the ocean on, but, and I just knock it out. I just go boom, 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 boom. And I knock out the tasks because I know getting it off my plate is going to feel better too. You know, so th- this marathon strategy that is required and often not talked about, you hear, you hear, you know, stuff, Tim Ferriss, right? The four hour work week. I've read it and he's got a ton of value, but I've learned to read something someone's written, and this works for me, this doesn't work for me. Instead of like, well, why aren't I only working four hours a week? <laughs> you know, um, but then Gary Vee, who works a zillion hours a week, it's like, there's so much information. And so you have to be able to step back, say, look, I do this for me. What do I want? How do I want this to look like? I spent so much time and energy in that mastermind around these people who are making six figures a month over and over and over again. Do I want that? Yeah, but I'm fine. I, I how do I explain this? It was awesome. It was it was it shifted my perception in terms of what's possible. But I also know that I don't want to hustle. <laughs> I'm willing to do the work, but I want to enjoy the process. I want to, you know what? I, it's more important to me that I get to go at breakfast with a friend tomorrow, and I can go to you know, a two o'clock movie in the middle of the week if I want. I never, well, I'll do that on a Friday, but you know, like I, I don't tend to do a ton of work on Fridays. I like that. <clears throat> I am not of the Grant Cardone mentality that you have to work 95 hours. So you have to decide. But what I'm saying, I guess, is just trust, you know, you have to have some faith. And this is where I wouldn't say that uh, I'm not one of those like super analytical question the universe type of people. I was I was raised Catholic. I'm, I'm a very spiritual person, and I believe to each his own. But I've always been in awe of people of any religion that have absolute, complete blind faith. It, it is awe-inspiring. 
just that conviction, right? So for me, it's like, I want that peace. I want the peace that reminds me that I get to work at home, right? That I get to connect and talk to people all over the world. You know, I'm going to end this recording to hop on and do another recording with John, who's in New York, and is it just makes me laugh every time I talk to him. So the keeping the faith piece, remind yourself of what you've done. You know, that marathon strategy, stop to think if you are not a runner and you wanted to run a marathon. A marathon, what would that look like? The time, the training, the energy, it's going to take time. It's not going to happen in a month. And that's not going to happen to your business either. And you, I really believe with online businesses, it's constantly going to evolve. You're constantly going to be doing things. This is what the sixth theme I've had on this site. I'm finally clear. Oh, I have to wrap this up. But I wanted to talk about <laughs> part of the keeping the faith for me is this transition. I have committed to getting rid of the outsourcing within my company. So that's going to be winding down um, and getting stepping back from the website piece. I, I just I can't do that um, anymore. I would do it for a coaching client. Um, but when it comes to I, I just I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> D-O-N-E. And I've said that before, you guys, but this is different. For You know, I think having this full team that um, that other people use and it's supported and it, it's, it's provided this, it's always there, right? Something always comes in. And now all of a sudden, it's like, okay, girl, it's you. Now it's, now it's just you because I don't want to do websites anymore. And so what does that look like? And it's scary. I will, hands down, tell you that I'm scared, that I'm nervous. I'm also super excited. And I honestly believe that the lightness that I'm going to feel energetically um, from not having that responsibility, and I'm going to go ahead and do a disclaimer that I am super fortunate that all of the clients that I have right now that were what are awesome people. It is not because of any sort of, like I told you guys, I had that really um, difficult client like in May. It's, it's nothing like that at all. It's just time. It is. It's just time. Um, and I'm scared. But I'm going to keep you guys posted. And I'm going to keep sharing the journey. Because I, I've i been there. And there is value in knowing you're not alone. You're not the only one feeling it. So there you have it. Um, I hope that wasn't too crazy circular. What would be super helpful for me from you guys? First of all, is if you haven't left a review, I would love a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. Um, but... And if you didn't take the survey, would a class like that we do, and I don't know, maybe we do it with like 10 of us, but a, a class, it will be a paid product, you guys. I'm telling you that right now, but I'm willing, not willing, but I'm totally game to um, do like a beta run of it, right? Let, like, let's keep it tight. Like maybe 10 people. We do a weekly call. We've got a private Facebook group, but let's like, let's look at your numbers. What do you want to do? You know, however that looks. And if you guys, if you want to coach, reach out. Let's just talk. I'm not doing anything to talk to the first year. And I don't have any sort of package idea, any of that in mind. But if any of this resonated with you, you have some feedback for me, it would be super, super helpful um, if you could let me know if it interests you. So yeah, that is it. Um, I hope you are all staying sane and having a nice holiday season. And I will be talking with you uh, in two weeks with a solo show next week. I'm super excited. I've got uh, Curtis, Curtis McHale. It was a really fun interview. They all are. Uh, but he will be on the show next week. So stay tuned for that. As always, thanks for listening. I love you guys tons. Have a fabulous rest of your 
morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. Bye, guys.